This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. Jason Roundsville here, joined as always by my co-host Dylan Ray. And we have with us from King's Camo, a new corporate partner. Um, they they helped us out last year in Ogden. They're coming to convention here in uh, in just a few weeks. We have Andrew Polk, and he is the director of digital marketing and e-commerce for King's Camo. So, Andrew, welcome. Hi, great to be here, guys. Yeah, Thanks for having no, us. we're we're excited. <clears throat> this has been something. I think we've been kind of talking and, and talking with Kings and, and flirting with the idea of you guys coming on board. I think it's been about maybe like two or three years now. And we just talked to folks gotcha. and yeah, it's a great idea. And just timing wasn't right or something. So um, I know last year when we had that event in Ogden, you guys came out and, and supported this and attended and, and it was a, a good solid event for us. And I think it helped help, you guys get an idea who we were and, and uh, now stepped up in a, in a big way as a new corporate partner. So welcome aboard, man. We appreciate Thanks. it. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell folks a little about you. So who, who is Andrew and, and uh, tell us about your, your role at Kings and, and uh, just who you are as a hunter and outdoorsman. Yeah. So, well, my, my path to Kings actually came from um, Dave King the one of the former founders he actually just found me like through the channels of the the outdoor industry and found that I was looking to get um out of the role that was 
doing at the time, which was I was working for a charter fishing company, actually doing their marketing and their website and also working at the lodge during the, the summer. And Dave came to me with this opportunity to uh, start working at King's. And at the time I was living in Minnesota and um, he just started describing the job of what I would do. And, you know, at the time we were a lot smaller, so there was a lot of opportunity to help out with um, growing this company. And I jumped at the opportunity and moved to Utah. And that was about eight years ago now. And since then, Kings has um, really evolved from what it started at to where it is now. And um, that process kind of started when the current uh, presidents of the company took over. And we just started this track to really like evolve all of our products to elevate it into more high performing technical gear. Cause I think there's a, there's still a conception out there that, or a perception that um, Kings is like all cottons and, and that type of clothing. And we still offer the cottons, but we've really elevated a lot of our gear to be that technical high performing, lightweight, like layering system uh, type of apparel. And it was, um, you know, I, that was kind of what I thought. I wasn't real yeah. familiar with it. And I'm like, oh, Kings, they're, they kind of, it's not really, it's, they, they're like a camo. It's more like, cause you're known for your, your patterns is, you know, yeah. back in the day we're known, oh, you see it and that's Kings camo. And, uh, as much as the clothes and, and so we went over and took a look at the booth and holy smokes, man, I, I wound up picking up a couple pieces and, and it's some great gear. I yeah. was I, you know, I don't know. Is it bad to say I was really surprised? No, I, I would say way. that's it's it's nice that we do these um, opportunities where we can meet face to face with customers. You know, like like the expo was the latest one that we did. Yeah, coming out to the Pope and Young Convention. Hopefully, we can start to change people's perceptions, and it's actually a great response when we get people that are surprised that they had this idea of what Kings was and then they come and they see the product, they get it in their hands and they're genuinely surprised and impressed. And, yeah. and we take a lot of pride in that because it's been a lot of work to get to this point, but, but uh, we feel like we've got some really good stuff right now. So I, uh, so I'm glad I you had a, that reaction. Actually, I, yeah. bought a, I bought a vest at Western and it makes Jason mad, but I'm like, dude, this is the greatest vest I've ever worn in the history of the world. Oh, that's like, awesome. I'm glad to hear <laughs> I love that, that thing, man. Yeah, I, I wear vests seven days a week. I just, I yeah, I just love, I like, I like this too. pocket for my phone. I just, I, I just am, am a vest, and I'm usually warm, so I don't need a jacket. So they're just, just about right until it's yeah. too warm, and then I'm ready for vest season. So yeah, when they were re recruiting you to Utah, man, that how is that sale? They're like, hey, come to Utah, man, where it's like eight to 12 degrees all winter and you're like i'm from minnesota that's i know like a heat wave <laughs> here yeah you <laughs> nailed that one yeah that when i got out here it was funny too because my first winter i think most of the people that i was coming into contact with or was working here at king's and they're just like wow this is one of the coldest winters we've ever had and it was like single digits and i'm just like wow if this is the worst that they're having out here this is gonna be a breeze i love this so yeah i don't have to deal with those negative <laughs> he's wearing shorts he's times. wearing shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> yeah he, i know right about? he's yeah. like it's single digits where's my vest yeah this yeah. is a breeze yeah. out here and i i and my wife and i we 
talk every once in a while about how hard it would be to move back just after being spoiled. And it's really made us soft too. Cause if we ever go back, which we have during the winter, we're just like, how did we ever do this? It's yeah, yeah it's brutal. So our offices, we in like Minnesota. Utah winters. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. So I understand. And yeah, yep. I meet people from back there and they're like, Hey, gosh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Minnesota. And I, I was, why? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So now it's a neat well, area. The, yeah. The, the thing about that too, is I actually went to college up in Northern Minnesota and it was brutally cold, but like you just, we just got used to it. We went ice fishing, snowmobiling. I mean, we didn't let it stop us going outside and everything, but yeah, it's, it's cold. It's a different yeah. type of cold. That's for sure. Yeah. See, it, I've always just said, is. I've always just said, I will live somewhere with four seasons, no matter where it's at. Like, I don't want it to always be cold, but I also don't want it to always be 80 degrees and sunny. Like, I yeah. want to have cold. I want to have snow, but I want to have a good summer, you know? So, I just want to live somewhere with four seasons. That's, yeah, like that's my only too. goal. Yeah. yeah. I was in up by Spokane for a while, and they had – it was neat. They had all four clear seasons. But, now I was only there for a few years. But I, I'm, I'm okay with shoveling snow. I, I feel like I've shoveled enough snow. I don't need to do that all the time. I'm okay without doing that. Jason, you only get one season rain. <laughs> it's pretty much, you know, <laughs> oh, no, that's not true. There's the wet rain. There's the dry rain. There's the, <laughs> yeah. there's the warm rain. There's cold rain and warm rain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there are shades of green that can probably only be seen in, in maybe Western Oregon and parts of the rainforest. But, uh, it's now it's definitely different this year. We've actually had a fair amount of snow. It's surprising. None of it. I haven't had to shovel because it, it comes in, you get three or four inches of snow and then it rains and melts. So it's really convenient that way. But, uh, on, uh, <clears throat> so move to Utah. What other than the weather, what were the other big shockers going to Utah from Minnesota? Hmm. That's a, that's an interesting question. Cause like I, I was used to moving, um, you know, I, I was going back to Alaska back and forth every summer. Um, and I even did a few winters in Hawaii working on boats out there. So I, I was used to moving. So it wasn't even the moving was the easy part. I just saw it as another like adventure that I was jumping into. And, and really the fact that I was going to work for a hunting company, one of my passions was just like the cherry on top too. So it, it was something I just really looked forward to. And, and it wasn't long after we moved out here that we were like, wow, this, this is going to turn into something long-term. And we just we looked cool. for a house. We bought a house within like six months of moving out here. Um, so and how long ago was uh, that? That was 2016. So, okay. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. So, well, um, yeah, I, I can't think of too many hurdles. I mean, my, my wife, she got a job right away. She's a surgery tech. So they have the need for um, surgery techs all the time in hospitals around here. And we moved to the Valley and, uh, of Salt Lake and there's a ton of hospitals. So it was easy yeah. to find a job for her. She found one in like two weeks. So, um, so no, it was, it was good. It was easy. Very nice. Yeah. So what, yeah. uh, Tell us about hunting. Are you a bow hunter? Yep, I am. Okay. Yeah. I, um, let's see. Last, last year I, I shot an elk, uh, with my bow and that was, a that was probably the highlight of my hunt last year. Um, so I, I shoot the prime inline. You guys familiar with that one? With that yeah. bow? 
Yeah, that, that's a sweet shooting bow, isn't it? Um, I, I used to I see you got a bear logo in the background. I used to have a bear truth too. That was my first bow. And I had that bow for like 10 years. Loved that thing. And uh, yeah, I've had a few bows in between, but yeah, I'm shooting a prime inline right now. So we, uh, we partnered with prime last year and they, they started dipping their bows in XK seven, which is our, one of our newer abstract patterns. So had to jump at the opportunity to get um, one of their bows wrapped in our pattern. So nice. a good looking yeah. pattern I might add too. Yeah. Thanks. Looking Thanks. Yeah. That that's yeah. another, that's one of those other things that kind of has elevated the whole King brand as we've introduced a couple abstract patterns in the last couple of years. And it's, it's been received really well. And I think that's changing the perception too. So we're not just the stick and leaf camo anymore. We still offer yeah. it, but we have both now. So, yeah, but, but yeah, love bow hunting, hoping to, um, Utah, Utah is nice. Cause we have a over the counter elk, uh, tags that we can, um, take up and, uh, some are spike units, but some are any bull units. So we have an opportunity to hunt elk every year in this state if we want. And, I usually do that and then try and draw some other tags to supplement yeah. my fall, but usually have the one dependable one, at least nice. in my pocket. So yeah, that's well for now. Just yeah. count, count your right. blessings while you yeah. have them. Exactly. Like, yeah. Every, I know that they've been fighting. That keeps changing. Yeah. And the wildlife board and I I've listened in on a few meetings. That's, that's a conversation topic for sure that uh, the unlimited archery tags. So yeah, I hope, I hope we can hang on to that one. Cause there aren't too yeah. many over the counter outtakes like that around anymore there. So yeah, Oregon just changed that up. And so it, uh, actually just last year went to an all draw even for archery. Okay. And it made it, made it interesting. I've got a buddy that guides in Eastern Oregon for elk. And he's like, man, I, I, I may not have anybody draw. And it's like, man, oh. it, yeah, it that's is tough. A, it's tricky scenario for some of those guys. Yeah. And, uh, and then you, I'm, I'm kind of caught in the middle. I've got, you know, eight or nine elk points. So I'm like, okay, do I want to burn eight or nine points on a tag that's been over the counter my entire life? Wow. And so it, uh, yeah. So it's, it's tricky knowing what's, what the right thing to do is. Yeah. So oh, I, not, not, I don't have all the, all of these solutions, but it sure would be nice. I was talking to one of the guys. I said, Hey man, it sure would be nice for you to use some of them. You know, like if you walk into Walmart and you want to buy stuff, I try and never go to Walmart, but if you go into a store and you want to buy something, it's like, okay, all I have is a $20 bill and you want to buy a soda. It's two bucks. They give you $18 chain, you know, you use whatever you want to use and then you get the the rest back and it would be neat if you could apply and say hey this year i'd like to put two points in to apply for this tag maybe you get it maybe you don't but you know if you want to guarantee it you you know for six points you're guaranteed if you for two points you're not something yeah that's interesting i haven't heard that idea before that's i i kind of like that concept that's that'd be interesting yeah, because I because then if you break the break the odds and draw, you still have points in the bank. Yeah, and yeah. I've got a buddy who's got twenty some points. He's got max points, so he can get the tag he wants now. Yep. But the problem is, he wants an archery elk tag, and he can't go archery elk hunting while he's guiding. So he's just sitting on this. So he can't. He hasn't been able to draw an elk tag for twenty some years, oh, wow. and now he's just sitting on it, can't draw. And it's like you know, if he could, 
you know, use two points to go get this other thing over here and still keep 23 or 24, yeah. however many. Anyway, interesting. Yeah. I'm sure there are people listening who are yelling right now saying, no, that's a terrible idea, but I thought it was kind of convenient. <laughs> I, I like the conversation topic of point creep and stuff like that. It's always just something to talk about in the office. And like we're talking right now, I, I like hearing different ideas on how to curb that because it, it is a problem. So well, the different solutions for, are always good to hear. So yeah, putting in for 20 some years, and yeah. not being able to hunt for 20 some years while you're waiting for the tag you want. That's tough. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess folks now, younger folks are used to that. For me, it wasn't, I mean, it, it used to, you yeah. know, you used to buy a deer tag and it was either, you know, for a while it was one deer in Oregon and then it was Eastern Oregon or Western Oregon. And, and now it's down to the specific zone. It's like, yeah, you see the buck of a lifetime right over that. Well, he's on the wrong side of the road. Hunted there for 35 years. Can't shoot him because he's on the wrong side. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I know they're and, trying and to improve it. Yeah. You bring up a good point too. A lot of people that have invested 20 years into that are going to have loud voices when it comes to changing that because they've been waiting. And if they change that, it, or take those hunts away. I mean, pretty, yeah. pretty controversial. So I know that's, that's a big topic in Utah because they talk about moving dates around or different uh, weapon seasons, moving the dates and yeah, it's a hot topic. So, yeah, but they're trying, they're take, trying to Dylan? figure out new ideas. I think he's on mute. Is he there on mute? There Not he goes. My take is that I really like whitetail hunting because I can hunt in Kansas <laughs> and go. I can jump down to oh, Oklahoma my. and then I can drive over to Missouri then I can bump down to Arkansas and then I can, you know, fly out to Kentucky and then I can hunt all these states. And you guys are like, man, I wish I had my tag, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a luxury of those whitetails, man. I don't know, man. There's a lot of those things. I, I had some, I was talking to somebody this this past season and he's a he's a whitetail guide and he was in a tree stand and and had elk coming in to him and you thought he'd have known better but anyway parent i don't know if maybe you can get by with this on whitetails but anyway this herd of elk was coming in and he tried to grab his bow while they were right there and they saw him and he ran off 60 head of elk and i'm just like you know sometimes you have to think of elk as as you know if you look at a uh an elk compared to a deer it's like they're just er they're bigger they're stronger they're faster they're smarter i mean there's more of them there's more ears it's just there's a lot of things that uh and and uh i don't know they're it's just it's just different i mean it's Sneaking up on her. They're also just sneaking an easy up target because they're so big, you know. I mean, if you miss an elk, I mean, what? Do you, <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you what they I've they can there. take arrows and lead like like. That's I mean, why I shoot the small deer because it just shows how good of a shot you are. You yeah, know? there you go. That's forkies or bust, baby. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's it's fun. I like to chase them all. I like I like to do everything I can I can find. For me, it's time. There's only so many weekends. That's right. 
But uh, for me, that's my biggest drawback. Um, but yeah, even even in the last what three years, I think three years ago, you know, you could go middle of bow season and still get an elk tag in Idaho, and still yeah. have a few to choose from. And now they're sold out the first day. Right. They and, changed it to uh, the online. Yeah. Yeah. Open period so, December. So you yeah. almost have to pick your hunt, like whether or not you're committing to it well before, I mean, the season just ended and then you got to already be planning the next fall. Yeah. So, yeah I, yeah, I remember that as well. I mean, that's not, wasn't too long ago. I know we, we did the uh, mule deer hunt up there and we just bought our licenses and tags on the way up to hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I did so, that. I, I shot my bull in Oregon, like, opening weekend one year and, and so i called a buddy and i was like and i think idaho opened the next weekend so i hadn't even missed any of the idaho i said hey you want to run up there and go hunting he's like absolutely so we just hooked up the trailer and drove to idaho and grabbed our stuff on the way and you can't do that anymore i mean you can drive there but you're not going to be hunting yeah at least not not deer or elk right so what's your uh is elk your favorite thing to hunt or what is your it, favorite thing to chase? It is. Yeah. Yep. September elk. That's what I like to do the most. So always prioritize at least one archery elk hunt every year. Um, more than one is ideal, but got to have one. And then, like I said earlier, that, that Utah tag is the one I can depend on, but um, nice. try and rotate, you know, surrounding States just putting in for everything and, and I'm a opportunity guy, I like having a tag in my pocket. So, um, low max points is fine with me. I just like being out there chasing them. So nice. Yeah. 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 So what's, what what's about your you? bucket list? What's your bucket list? Um, what's ooh, the top of the question. mountain? It's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I'd love to go on a sheep hunt one day. That'd be awesome. Um, that's the, that's the lifetime animal that I'm putting in for here in Utah is my desert sheep. So that, that, uh, out of the five that we can put in for here in Utah, that's the one that I'd like to go hunt the most. So, yeah. yeah. See it. Yeah. I, I think that's when I talk to sheep hunters, there's something, there's gotta be something pretty special about it or people wouldn't put the time and money and energy into doing it. Yeah. But then when you hear the stories of, of what some of these guys go through to go sheep hunting, I'm like, yeah. Okay. Get to the part where it's fun. <laughs> like, cause it's like, you know, you're literally hiking up the side of a cliff, you know, and then sleeping on the rocks and I, it just, some of that stuff. And that probably all adds to the, the aura, but man, yeah, some of that stuff doesn't exactly sound as fun as, as some other things. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we need, Dylan, maybe we need a sheep hunter on here who can tell us all about that and then explain to us why it's, why it's magical. If you're a sheep hunter and you have a good answer as to why you do the things you do, <laughs> get with us and we'll have you on. Yeah. Yeah. We, we like to present both sides of, of every philosophical. Yeah. You know, Jason, debate. we didn't, we talked a lot of trash last week on turkey hunters. So let's throw out that same challenge too. If you're a turkey hunter and you can explain to us the massive appeal for shooting a bird. Did Luke us. call did Luke call us? <laughs> he did not did you hear yet. From, not did you yet. Hear from Luke Combs. Nope. Okay, Luke, if you're listening, man, 
Uh, a, thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody for listening. And then B, Luke, give us a call. Let's have you on. Uh, we want to hear about, you know, turkey hunting. Is it your favorite because it's there's nothing else to do then, or is it your favorite because it's your favorite? That's a philosophical question. Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. Turkeys are ramping up right now. So yeah, I know we're it, it opens here in Utah in, in a month. So um we're already starting to talk about it and get stuff in and yeah but answer answer this andrew okay if turkey season was in the fall you would never choose to go on a turkey hunt that's a that's i've heard that before that's a good that's a good thing to bring up boy i i don't know i i probably personally would not i would chase nobody you know elk or deer (laughs) but there's probably some turkey guys out there that are that hardcore about it that might want to do that more See, but know. the hardcore turkey guys that I know yeah. are just as much hardcore whitetail guys. And I'm yeah. like, so you mean to tell me their seasons overlap deal. and you're choosing a bird over a, a, a whitetail or an elk or uh, yep. a sheep or, you know, you name it. You're choosing to go on a bird hunt over a big game hunt? No, right. I don't think so. Right. No, it's, yeah, luckily we have that going in the springtime. Uh, okay, let's, <laughs> let's not. We wouldn't get a lot of attention. Yeah, Dylan, tur- turkey hunting ain't bird hunting. Because you only get well, one. It, it's still just a <laughs> bird, is what I mean. It's, when it's I'm bird. going bird hunting, man, it's I'm I'm especially in the spring, man. It's fifty a day, and some places it's there's there's no limit. You just go and fill up pickup trucks full of game. But, dude, I've got I've got buddies, and they're like, "Oh, I shot thirteen birds this year in thirteen states." I'm like, "Why? Wow, like, that's quite the turkey trail there." Wow, like no matter where you go, it's just a bird like if i travel somewhere it's usually to hunt something i can't hunt here it's not like i'm gonna you know what i mean that i don't know you don't know okay i, I think that we need sums it up right on. there he just doesn't know <laughs> we need that's we need a turkey hunter on we need somebody who can say this is why we're addicted this is why yeah. we choose i would them. turkey hunt over anything yeah. All if right. you're out there and yeah, you would I'd say like to, I would turkey I'd like hunt to over anything else, call us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That that's I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I still, you know, but hey, here's the cool thing is that is the prime time for turkeys is in the spring when there's just not a lot of other stuff rolling. Right. Except so, spring you know, or hogs. Well, not everybody has hogs. You can travel. How far are you willing to travel for hogs? Well, listen, I can, I can either, I, I can make the decision to shoot one bird, or I can make the decision to drive down to Oklahoma or Texas and shoot twenty pigs in a weekend. I mean, that's an easy decision for me. So you shot twenty pigs in a weekend with your oh, hundred percent, yeah, not my bow. I didn't say that. Oh. Usually what happens is usually what happens is I take my bow, I'll shoot a couple, right? And then we just go to thermal hunting and just smoking 50, 16 a night. And, and that's where it's fun. You you bow hunt in the day, kill a couple, and then you you thermal hunt at night and just you know, it's it's like a stinking massacre. Yeah. yeah it's like you're I trying to remember, it. did we shoot seven over there that we need to go get, or did we shoot four over here that yeah. or was it seven? on that side of the creek and 12 over here and that's when it's fun yeah yeah i got to 
I got to do that once down in Texas and, and I'm, I, I had this, uh, this 300 blackout that I put together, um, real nice upper end had good optics on it and, and it was ready to go. And then, uh, I was talking to the buddy I was going with and he says, I said, should I take, you know, should I be taking my own gear or just you? And he's, he's like, the, the guy owns like 250,000 acre ranches. He's like, wow. do you really think you're going to have stuff he doesn't have? And I'm like, oh man, that's a good point. And so I left my really nice high dollar stuff home and flew to Texas. And when he's showing us, and this guy, when he hunted with us, had some beautiful, like high dollar over and under shotguns. And then he breaks out his pig guns and it's like Walmart. It's like, dude, that's, that's, (laughs) it was not good. And so I'm, I'm up in the helicopter trying to chase Walmart. That's what I've, that's what I've come to find out. You say Walmart. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and you know, all of a sudden the battery goes out in, in the optic. And I'm like, dude, I'm literally in a helicopter trying to shoot pigs with no, with no sights. It's so it was still fun, but it just, that was the last time I didn't bring my own gear on, on any kind of outdoor excursion. Hmm. So yeah. Lesson learned. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I got a question on camo. Yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, you mentioned not not doing not just uh stick and leaf anymore yeah um and i think it i think it'd be cool to listen to somebody who's in the camo industry because you know my grandparents my grandpa my great grandpa they never would have dreamed of stick and string it was all old school you know camo and then growing up that's all there was you know you had real tree and mossy oak and stick and string and you saw somebody wearing digital camo and you're like, what are you in the military? Mm-hmm. And now, you know, now pretty much everybody's went away from stick and string. So where, wh- what do you equate kind of that evolution of, of camo patterns to? Oh, that's a good question. So um, the, the evolution I think started with, you know, the, let's start with Realtree, which is um, a good partner of ours. We actually licensed Realtree Edge on a lot of our apparel. So that's been a really good relationship for like four years now. Um, But, you know, King's first pattern was Desert Shadow. uh, And it's still a very popular pattern out here in the West. It it blends in with almost any terrain. I mean, you can be in the actual low elevation desert all the way up to the high alpine and Desert Shadow still works extremely well. Um, But, you know, there has been a wave and it's across the industry. I mean, our competitors mostly use abstract or digital patterns. And um, that's that's clearly a trend that we're seeing in the industry. And we felt like we could build something that also competed at that level. Um, I think it's just become something that, um, one, it's, it's still a functional uh, pattern. You know, you just need to get the color scheme right, get the breakup right, and it can be functional in any terrain. Um, but two, people are wearing um, and buying pretty expensive pieces of apparel nowadays. I mean, it's across the board. Uh, our competitors and 
um, us, we have good top of the line stuff. And when people are buying that, they're ending up wearing it in a variety of pursuits. I mean, they're hunting in it, fishing in it, wearing it as lifestyle gear, maybe even like skiing or snowboarding in it. Um, so those pieces, they, it's almost like a stylish thing as well. And stick and leaf, um, just hasn't, hasn't fit that, um, that mold, as you can see just across like all of the other companies as well. Um, still a super functional pattern as far as in the field, but people just aren't, aren't wearing it as far as like a, um, a lifestyle piece as much. So I think that's where the trend has kind of evolved. And I mean, we do, we wear that here. I mean, we wear a lot of our camo, like we'll wear it at shows, we'll wear it to work, we'll wear it, you know, out when we're, you know, fishing or just, um, going out and hiking. So it's something that we wear all the time now. And I think that's just where the evolution has gone. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I find it interesting. I, like some people will only wear brand X and other people will only wear brand Y and they don't even get along because they wear different kinds of clothes. And I'm like, <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Yeah. So I always yeah. make sure that I have at least two camo patterns on at all times. Just so I, I Is that right? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Every time I'll have like at least an accent of something else just to be doing it. I've always yeah. wanted to do a I've always wanted to do a spoof video of like going to church wearing all your camo and being like they say you got to wear your Sunday best. Well, listen, That's I don't it. have a suit. I don't have a yeah. suit in my closet that right. touches how much I spend on camo. Exactly. So, yeah. so this is my best, you know. No. Yeah, I was Yeah, there's I was something at a to that years ago and people were making fun of me cuz I had, you know, brand X camo on. They're like, "Oh, you're just, you know, you're just all about that that brand and i said hey man i said it's comfortable i wear it because it keeps me warm and dry and the same guy who was razzing me and razzing me and razzing me and razzing me got cold and had to go warm up in the truck <laughs> and i reminded him of that for days yep, yep. <laughs> I like, said, yeah. hey, do you, would you like to borrow a vest or i can loan you a jacket yeah. man if you need one it was just, it was one of those things where it was like li you literally lost your own argument when you're going to the truck because it's so dang cold. Yeah, but it's. Well, I, I think there's something to that as well, and that's why we've even seen like here at Kings. There's a there's also a trend not only with like our new abstract patterns and people really gravitating to those, um, but we offer most of our like XKG series in solid colors too. Yeah, because people. You know, they want the high performing, the gear, the gear is what they're looking for. And then, you know, they'll choose a pattern or a solid from there. Um, but it's really the gear, the to hold up in conditions that you're talking about. You don't want your gear to fail at all no. while you're out on the hunt, because that's the first thing that'll ruin your hunt is, is what you're wearing. So that's also this new, you know, going back to trends and, you know, used to people were camo head to toe. And if you weren't wearing camo socks, even, you know, I mean, and now you have this trend of solids and everybody's wearing solids. And, yep. and, uh, so that's another trend that's, you know, kind of interesting to watch of like people, you know, turning completely away from what they've always done their whole lives to wear yep. solids. Yep. It's spinning yep. back to the Wranglers and the red flannel days, basically. Yeah. It's just yeah. going full circle. Which is cool. Which is yeah. cool. 
But what, the one yeah. that just blows my mind is you'll see pictures online and there, there'll be like a 11 a year old kid wearing solid head to toe top quality gear. And it's yeah. like that, that, that kid's worth like three grand right there. <laughs> and he's going like, to grow out of it in a, in a year. He's only going to yeah. have to wear it for a year. I'm like, when I was that age, I'd like a $30 jacket and whatever hand-me-downs I could yeah. get, you know, fit into from dad. I mean, yeah. everything I had with me, including my guns, didn't add up to what they have just in And I'm looking at yeah. that. I'm like, wow. And it's, and for me, you know, I was jealous as heck because I didn't have any of that stuff back in the day. Yeah. And then B, I, you just wonder, it's like, man, if you make it that easy for them, is, is that a good thing to get the kids really interested or so, are you setting them up for, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been out there. There's been times where I couldn't feel my feet and if dad's like, Hey, you want to go? And I'm like, not until we get two more birds or whatever, not yeah. until we get whatever we're after, yeah. you know? And, and I remember climbing through the brush looking for, uh, Gosh, I think it was mountain. Man, I was soaked so far. I was wearing jeans and just whatever I had with me. And I could not, had I jumped in the water, I couldn't have gotten any wetter. <laughs> like just literally digging through the ferns and brush looking for these these mountain quail. And, uh, and those are experiences that, man, I don't know. Are, are, are folks going to miss that or not? Maybe not. Yeah, I'm not so, sure. That sounds pretty brutal. As a, we, dad, it's brutal. Yeah. As a dad who tries to get his kids in the outdoors as much as possible, um, I've seen my son. My son's four. I've seen him sit in a blind and shiver, but he's seeing deer, so he's having fun. He's good. Mm -hmm. um, but if I keep him more comfortable, then when we're not seeing deer, he's not ready to go. Um, you know, I've... I've, I've had times where he's not comfortable and if there's not deer directly in front of him, he's like, dad, I want to go, man. It's cold. It's wet. I, I, this sucks. But if I keep him comfortable, then in the times where the hunting sucks, he's okay to stay longer for it to yeah. get good again. Hmm. Um, so, and I, and you know, Jason, you're probably right. Uh, our culture is just a lot softer now. Like we're just creating a culture of soft kids. Um, but as a dad who wants his son to not think, man, that, that sucked. Like I was brutally cold and wet and we didn't even see any deer. Um, you know, I don't want him to get that negative taste in his mouth and, and be like, nah, dad, I don't want to go this time, man. Last time it wasn't fun. Uh, it, it right. was brutal last time. See, and, and, and I understand that and I appreciate that. And I, I get that side of things, but I also can remember when I was there, when I'm 10 years old, freezing my tail off out in the blind and, and all of a sudden, I mean, I look at the jacket that I had then. It didn't, it wasn't even insulated. I'm out there and I wore it because it was the only camo jacket I had. And you look at this and and it's like we went out there and and you know, this particular hunt, I was I was frozen and I shot one duck. Now I still that was my first duck. I still have that duck on the wall in my gun room. But you look at I was I was frozen. And I shot a duck and, and I'm like, Hey, can we do this again tomorrow? And it was miserable. So yeah. I, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's the same, only they're just not miserable. Maybe they're all, all just as excited, only warm and comfortable. Now yeah. I'm going to go back to my whole, uh, well, you're a duck hunter and duck hunters just, they're 
they're wired different. They're mm-hmm. a little bit twisted up in the head. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. That duck sounds hunters, like a dream day. Duck hunting. Yeah. 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 Duck hunters more than anybody <laughs> can be like, dude, that was the worst thing ever. Can't wait to go back. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. See, that's maybe that's it. Cause, cause I've done some like, Man, back in the day, I did st- stuff to kill ducks that I wouldn't even, man, it was so much work. I wouldn't even want to watch somebody do that now. <laughs> like tidal mud flats and like sliding boats 200 yards across the mud to get in the back channel. And then I'm like, yeah, that's just too much work. But that's maybe that's like sheep hunting. Yeah, maybe so. Could be. So I don't know. I haven't been sheep hunting. Maybe we need to go sheep hunting, Dylan. Let's do it. All right. Actually, I, I guess I shouldn't say I've never been sheep hunting. I have shot a doll sheep. Does that count? Yeah, that in counts te- for sure. In Texas? <laughs> oh, it's a doll? I don't know a if that's Texas, the same doll. A Texas doll. <laughs> that's all. That's what they're called. Huh? Yeah. Texas doll. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not even going to make a comment about sheep hunting when that's the only experience yeah. that I've had sheep hunting. Right. So, Probably smart. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's like the difference between, you know, like going to culinary school for four years and like going to a McDonald's drive through. That's like how those two equate, I think. Yeah. So um all right. Well, here's uh I'll tell you what, Andrew, here's a question for you. Um we've got uh we've got our convention raffle rolling right now. And we have four prizes. We like to ask everybody because we're yeah. interested to see what everybody's into. So here's your four prizes. Okay. Whoever wins has to pick one of these. And I mean, we're going to make somebody's decade when they win this thing. And then they're, we're going to crush them because they're going to have to pick from these four amazing trips. So oh. now you have to tell us which one you'd pick. Okay. Let's hear them. Option, option A, Yukon Moose. Okay. Option B is... Mountain goat brown bear combo. Option C is in South Africa. It is a lion, Cape Buffalo, Eland, crocodile, lioness combo. And option four is doll sheep, brown bear, caribou, and black bear. Wow. I'll take the last one. The last one? Yeah. Okay. That sounds awesome. It does. They all sound awesome. Yeah, yeah they mean, do. I, I should say that like last that, one, but yeah, that, that one last really one, jumped out to me. That last yeah. one just so happens to be with Steve Perrins at Perrins Rainy Pass Lodge. Rainy Pass Lodge, I know. The yes, oldest lodge in Alaska. So, oh, is that right? Wow. As, as if the hunt couldn't get any better. I know. Let's go ahead and throw that in there. All yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, they all sound awesome. That one that one jumped out to me. I mean, you, you could have stopped the doll sheep for me, and I was, I was in. So yeah, he was, all, he was three and other it's not animals. a Texas doll sheep like, either. Wow, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not even in Texas. Yeah, this was a real, real <laughs> yeah. You know, um, there's not a bad hunt on that list, and no. it's surprising how how varied people are with with what they are interested in. And because I, you know, I will when we put this together originally, um, I thought that that 90 some percent of the people would lean towards that parent, you know, the rainy pass lodge hunt. Yeah. And it's a phenomenal hunt. Um, but it, a lot of folks have, have 
you know, said Yukon moose. Hmm. And, you know, for me, the African one is intriguing just because some of those are species I never thought I'd ever, I mean, really a lion was never on yeah, my list. And then you start talking about it and it's like, man, I can't afford a lion, but if I want it, then maybe I could afford it. You know yeah. I mean? It just, I don't know. There's a lot of great, great choices there. I can't yeah. wait to make somebody's literally make somebody's year. Yeah. When we in that. And then the other one. So how is, does that work uh, then with that? You're, you're drawing one person and they pick four or you drawing four winners and they just pick in line. First person. Drawing one winner and they get their choice of those four hunts. Wow. That's so, cool. and it's a limited number of tickets. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. We've got, um, you know, we put together a raffle and, and a lot of these, when you see them, they're open-ended tickets. I mean, they're only, they're a hundred bucks, which that, that's, you know, a kind of a pricey raffle ticket, but at the same time, you're winning a $60,000 trip. Yeah. And they, well, if he said, you said 1500, right? So, I mean, that's, yeah. and li- is it limit one per person? No, no. Oh, okay. No. So, wow. You could really get some good odds there then. You can go buy them all if yeah. you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it's interesting. I mean, right. as I'm going to the shows, there's a lot of different raffles going, you know, the, the Idaho wild sheep foundation has a raffle and these guys have a raffle. We had, uh, the, the best odds for a major, major pack package like that that i saw anywhere anywhere this whole show season so it was pretty pretty nice to to be able to to hold your head high and and go yeah we're right in there man we got we got great options so all right so you're going you go to rainy pass yeah how about you dylan rainy pass rainy pass (sighs) i'm still not sure it's probably a good thing that I can't buy tickets because I, yeah. I don't know. I'd probably break down on stage and not be able to choose. Yeah. But, and now <laughs> you don't have to be there to win, but I, I do hope they are there. Cause that would be, fun yeah, that would be, up that'd on be stage. great to get the reaction and see them. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to have a, like a thousand people in the room roughly. So it's, we've got a, I'd say there's probably a 50, 50 shot of having them in the, in the room. So no, that's, that's cool. exciting. The other yeah. one is we got a hunt with uh Chuck at whitetail hunt in Oklahoma down at Liberty ranch with Chuck Adams. You get a fully guided hunt and you get to spend a week in camp with Chuck Adams. I'm like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Cause that's something you can't buy. So pretty exciting. What, uh, if you could pick a hunt, any hunt that you want to win, what would it be? Oh man. Well, every year at the expo, I keep putting in for those sheep tags. I, yeah. So like I said, a a sheep tag would be what I would really like to have. Um, And I, I would like to go up to Alaska or um, Canada to get that done. So um, either doll or stone would be, would be an awesome one to win. Yeah. So see there, you all you get is just a doll sheep hunt. Here right. you get a doll sheep, yeah, and a twenty thousand dollar brown bear, and a twenty thousand dollar package, and man, a that's black bear. Awesome. We're just like, you know, a sheep isn't enough. <laughs> we want more. Yeah. And so all all of our outfitters came up big for this one. We're we're pretty jazzed about it. We, yeah. we appreciate all of them. Yeah. So 
Now, the, the other question that we ask everybody on this show is when you find yourself up on the mountain chasing elk or, yeah. or out in the woods, what is one non-traditional item that you find in your pack with you at all times? Hmm. In my pack. So when I'm out actually hunting. Yeah. Is that okay? Non-traditional. Man. Can't be a knife. Right. It's not supposed to be binoculars, but we did let Steve Felix say his his binoculars, but he did kill a world record elk. So, you know, we we bent the rules for Steve. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he can do what he wants. So. Yeah. Yeah. Got, Steve does what he wants. Uh, and he's such a nice guy, too. It's like, yeah, okay. You want to say that, you can say it. Boy. Non-traditional. I gotta I gotta think about that. So I don't have anything that's like a, you know, a, a good luck charm or like anything like that, that I'm superstitious about. That's where my head went first. It was like, man, do I carry anything that's like, that's different like that? Um, well, we're going to have lucky hats I, for, for sale in Reno at our convention. Okay. We're going to have Guaranteed lucky hats to be just packed full of luck. Yeah, some okay. of them are, some of them are the new Kings pattern. So, okay. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to get one of those then. So you can and get like, a king's. I'm looking for a new hat. lucky hat. I had to retire one last year because it just oh, there you go. got too burnt out with all the wear and sweat and dirt and everything. Um, you know, there's something to be said about a fresh hat. I, yeah, I was in camp one weekend last year, and and it just we just didn't have the mojo. The they all just weren't where we were. And I said, "All right, man, that's it. Everybody's put. Everybody's using a new hat today. Fresh hat day." I'll be darned if somebody didn't get an elk that day. So sometimes you just got to change it up. You got to have that little luck. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go with this answer because this is the first one that comes up in my head. So my two bosses here, they're they're actually the ones that we we went on a hunt a few years ago and, and they're the ones that kind of got me hooked on it, but it coconut water. So they, they always have like these little, like they make them in small, like juice box size. And they're just super good for like replenishing everything you lose when you're out hiking for the day, like getting sweaty and everything like coconut water just seems to replenish everything so much better and quicker than, than just water. So So, to coconut water. Yep. Yeah. I always have one of those just, I always have my hydration bladder full of water, but I always have just like a little coconut water as well. So now I would have respected it a lot more if you just carried the whole coconut. Yeah, right. It open right there. And a yeah. big hatchet. Bust that, yeah, bust that mug open and start drinking. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I should not water. Yeah. yeah. And all I'm thinking about, you know, is is are they hunting or like tree right. hunting? Like right. are they out in the forest just wrapping their arms around? I know. I I I sort of thought they were messing with me too at first, but then they they swear by it and they got me on it too. And now I'm on the coconut water train too. And the coconut. It's water a game changer. Train. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that's really big up in Portland too. What's oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah. Hey, gotta gotta give you no, a little grief, man. You can't. Yeah, you can't knock it till you try it. I guess I was. Scared. It is a good so, answer. It's a new yeah. answer. I mean, right? Because that'll be that, like I was really digging deep to try and figure that out to see if I could come up with something that no one else is gonna have. So we'll yeah. see if anyone Coconut can top water. that one. Yeah. That's we've had a lot of snacks. 
Okay. You send us a picture from the mountain with a coconut in hand. Oh and boy. A straw. Yeah, that, and I'll yeah. be super happy. <laughs> that that'd be that'd be a good one. Yeah, I should try yeah, and do I, that someday. There are a few good luck charms, but I, I think <laughs> snacks make up a majority of what people don't want to live without on the right. mountain. Yeah. Gotta from have good bacon food. to yeah. uncrustables to everything. Oh yeah, I'm a big peanut butter and jelly guy. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. you know something I learned way later in life than I should have, you know, cause, cause I grew up and, you know, we took our lunch to school with us and it was, it was a, you know, more times than not, it was a PBJ and all of a sudden, and the jelly bleeds through the bread. Like my whole life, there is just yeah. the bread has jelly like permeated through it. Yeah. And I just thought that was how PBJs are by the time you eat them. That <laughs> yeah. Right. And then a friend of mine said, you don't ever have to deal with that again. If you put peanut butter on both pieces of bread mm. and then put the jelly in the middle, the yeah. jelly doesn't bleed through. It's like a blocker. It's like a Gore-Tex membrane for the mm. bread from the jelly. Yeah. I didn't know that. I learned it. You heard it here first, folks. Than I should you heard have. it here first, folks. So it's. I didn't believe it. Genius. I'm like, no, that's ridiculous. And and do you have? I'm, I'm gonna, you know, if you put peanut butter on both both slices of bread, you have to up your jelly game to keep the ratio the same. Oh yeah. But that's when you're important. on the mountain, you know that's a good thing. So try it out. Yeah. And if if I'm wrong, you know, let us know. We want to hear from you. And okay. some of the this is a game some of the places we some of the places we get to on this podcast is just yeah. like, how did we get here? talking about pbs and j's <laughs> this yeah, is but that's part of life Dylan. but I mean, you want to know a, where he learned that this at? is important stuff man i i mean i could really we could dive deep and you are you creamy or are you chunky peanut butter like what type of jelly are you using like i you mean we know can hear, we can hear real in depth with peanut butter and jelly it's yeah yeah there was a, there was even a time in my life when i was using goober have you ever heard of that yeah where it's peanut butter and jelly in the same jar, so you don't. I don't think you're allowed to use that <laughs> once you hit eleven. I think you can use that. There's an age. The yeah, there's an age threshold. Yeah, but when you get to eleven, you have to be able to use yeah. two jars. Okay, it's good. Um, well, I mean, I'm I don't know. I'm, maybe not. Yeah, I thought that was the rules. It couldn't. Maybe there's not a rule on. <clears> Wait, yeah. is that a jar? Is that a jar of goober back there on your shelf? <laughs> Me. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. I gotta hide the evidence. Now, yeah, if we ever do a podcast again, I'm gonna I'm gonna strategically put one off in the corner or something and see if you guys do remember it. that. And you can bring it to convention. It. Yeah, we'll throw down on some goober at convention. <laughs> yeah, there will be uncrustables in our vendor lounge. Ooh, we promise. will Perfect. have uncrustables in the vendor lounge, Dylan, and some goober. Well, let's, and some let's, goober. Yeah, we'll see if anybody, we're going to put it in there and see if anybody even opens it <laughs> in a week. That's great. So, no, it's yeah. I, it's it's amazing because, you know, because we're all out there chasing it. We're all doing it, you know, the way that we're doing it or we we're taught to do it or, you know, sometimes you switch it up because of how your buddies do things. And now all of a sudden, you know, we get to talk to, to people from all over, really all over the world, see how they're doing things. And it's it's neat because I've I've picked up some some tips and tricks along the way and, and change the way I do things. And I'd never even heard of Uncrustables. And now I have this deep desire to, to have Uncrustables from yeah. time to time. 
Don't, don't. Oh, yeah. Here's another tip that I'm going to give you straight up. Dylan, if I'm wrong, correct me, please. <laughs> Do not go with the generic, quote unquote, equivalent on Uncrustables. It's either Uncrustables or they're not. It's got to be Smuckers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. We, we tried a gas station variety one time and I was like, dude, we've been talking about, I was embarrassed. I'm like, we've been talking about this on our podcast. This is nasty. Dylan's like, oh no, this isn't, these aren't real Uncrustables. We have not been talking about these. These are the reason why is because Smuckers keeps their Uncrustables frozen up until the point you thawed out to eat it. That could Those be right there it. were just sitting out there in the gas station yep. to be all warm. Like whenever you're at now, they got to be Uncrustables. Wrong. That was yeah. wrong. Yeah. So anyway, it was going back. Think, that's, that's the equivalent. That's the equivalent right there of hunting doll sheep in Texas. Great call back. <laughs> so it's like yeah. gas station. It's like gas station on crustables and gas station sushi. That's, yes. that's the difference. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Andrew, we, we sure appreciate Kings being on board. Um, how do how do folks find you guys? Where what's your website? Our website's kingscamo.com. And uh it's the same handle for like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. So that's how they can find us. So yeah, Excellent. we got a lot of cool things coming out this year. So I think it'd be great if everybody could, you know, subscribe to our social media, subscribe to our email, and they'll be the first ones to see a lot of new things coming out this year. So very cool. It, yeah. If if you're familiar with it, you know. If you're not familiar with King's Camo, I take my word for it. <clears throat> I I would highly recommend you check them out because it shocked me. I, I mean, it was more than a surprise. I was like, wait, I would wear this. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, and so and yeah, I bought a couple of things, and that was at at the expo. And so it was. Um, I think you owe it to yourself to check them out. They'll be at convention. Uh, we're super excited to have you guys there. And uh, if you can't make it to Reno, I think we've got even we got one of their packages on the on the live auction Saturday. So check yeah. that out. And uh, we appreciate the support, man. Welcome aboard. And yeah, uh, we're glad to be a part of it. We're we love what you guys are doing, and we're glad to support it. So well, we sure appreciate it, man. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll see you in Reno. Okay, sounds right. good. <laughs>